I just really want to encourage you this morning. I'm I'm just so blessed just looking around so many of you here and um, just the amount of uh, the volume of of richness that we have here in the church. And uh, I'm just just taking a moment just to perform, just to consider uh, just the depth that uh, so many of you carry uh, and and the uniqueness. And so I'm really, really grateful that that God has positioned you here. And and on behalf of Kate, we're really grateful that you're here. And uh, we are really committed just to seeing us as a church go forward and for all of you to, uh, to come forward into the fullness and the richness of what God has planned for you. And uh, that's the greatest desire of our heart is to see you all come forward. I just consider the journey that many of you have walked on and, um, and all of you have got a story to tell. All of, all of you have learned something on your walk with the Lord and uh, all of you have something when you come here. You have something to offer, not just this house, not just to the Lord, but to the community. And um, uh, so I'm really grateful at the richness and the depth that every one of you, uh, that, that you are here and that you carry. And I'm just so looking forward to the future that God has for us as a church. Um, uh, just a while ago when I was praying, um, I was reminded of the story where, uh, um, about the, the cloud, and, and, and I think it was Elisha or Elisha, and he, he said to his servant, go up and see what, tell me what you see. And he said, I see the size of a cloud, but the size of a man's hand. And he said, run, because it's about to rain. And, uh, you know, as I was praying just the other day, I, I felt just as I was praying for you all, and I was picturing you all in my heart, and I thought, well, I see that a cloud the size of a man's hand, and it's about time we've got to start to run, because rain's on its way. Rain is on its way. And I encourage you, it's not just about an individual just standing up here, uh, it's about every person discovering who they are in Christ and starting to walk through that. And if we can do that collectively as a group, as a team, as a family, I can tell you our city will be, uh, beyond our city can be changed. Beyond our city. And so the thing is, it's like all of us, are, uh, we are individuals, but we're not just individuals, we're part of a family. And so what we do affects the person next to us and, and what we do affects the people around us. So I want to encourage you to... Um, to consider, it doesn't matter what you feel that you have or you don't have. Every one of you has something incredible to offer. And, uh, and I believe as collectively, if we can unite as one heart, one team, as one family, uh, we can change, the, we can shift the world again. As, as in the church, we've done it before. And I believe in the future we can do it again. I believe that our city can be turned around because of one or two people. Maybe four, maybe five, maybe 100, maybe 200, maybe 300. Imagine what we could do together, Amen. Amen? Come on, when you turn to the person next to you, say, you've got greatness inside of you. You've got greatness inside of you. I've been really, uh, I've been really blessed over this last little while uh, uh, being, being in my uh, study group, and I've had the opportunity to be able to share and uh, just connect and, and just be, be able to speak into people's hearts, and I've kind of shared this before you. Um, but one of the things I'm really sensing right now, one of the things that's really close to our heart is, is especially to really focus on our own community uh, and, and start to bring the, the power of the, and bring hope of Jesus Christ into our own community. Um, and one of the things I've kind of, uh, I've kind of found interesting is some of the... I've had, I could probably count about four or five people around me that don't come to this church. In fact, they don't go into any church. In fact, they think, uh, religion in any kind of form is just, yeah, they just got, they swear, they smoke, they drink, they, they're pretty wild. <laughs> but yet, I believe that 
as I, just, as, I take, as I take the time not just to look at their uh, outward appearance or what's, what's going on out here, but actually take a look at, at what's going on in their heart. You know, I've had, I had one of the guys in my class, he is, um, uh, he's a farmer, and, and he is just the most, he drinks as much alcohol as you could feed him. Um, <laughs> he smokes, he sweats, he carries on, and, and he sweats and swears and it's loud, he's obnoxious, it's, he's funny, he's really, really funny. He's got, you know, he's, but he was talking to me the other day, he said, you know, I've been really impacted by what you all are doing, uh, what you're doing and, and, uh, with people. He said, I'd love for you to come down sometime and, and speak to my wife, because I reckon she'll be really keen to get involved in some sort of a missions project. <laughs> <laughs> but, so him and his, him and his wife, they, their goal is to be able to raise $100,000 a year for missions. And this is without, and so it's, it's, they don't know it, that's Christ is stirring their heart. But actually, it's the Holy Spirit is, is stirring inside of their heart. Another businessman during this week, just this week, um, now he's kind of similar. He's, uh, he swears quite a bit. Um, he's a petrol head. Uh, he, he kind of, he, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's why I like him. And uh, he doesn't know I'm a pastor or anything like that. But one of the things is, over time, I've just been kind to him. I actually started off by just dropping him some venison and, uh, and got to build a relationship with him. And now he phones me up during the week, and he's, he's come up with this fantastic business idea. And he's, he's, again, his heart is stirring for missions. He's quite a successful business person. But he's, his whole, one of the, the departments of his business, his whole purpose for setting it up is to benefit the lives of other people. And so he called me in the other day. He said, I need you to help me because I reckon this thing can go worldwide. I need you to help me to, to put this thing together to, to help me to get this thing out to, to touch lots of people because I reckon we could help lots of people doing this business opportunity. And, um, and he's very, very genuine in that too. It's not, just, uh, it's not just hot air talking. So what I'm sensing is a whole bunch of these people in the world today that I'm connected to just simply through relationship. I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring something in their hearts. And, um, and I'm reminded, you know, where Jesus said if... if if we don't praise him, then you know the rocks will cry out and praise him. And so I reckon if we as a church don't cowboy up and start to really take responsibility for first our own lives and also our community, then God would start to raise the swearers, the drinkers, the boozers, the petrol heads. <laughs> something will stir inside them and say, well, we'll do something about it. We'll make a difference. Ah, this is a few thoughts I had for you anyway. <laughs> But over the last couple of weeks, I've just been sharing about, um, about growing up. God wants us to grow into maturity. And um, a maturity doesn't come with age, but it comes with responsibility. One of the things we looked at was uh, Proverbs 25, 28. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city with broken down walls. We also looked at the, op- the opposite of that uh, with Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And so God wants to bring us forward in life. He wants us to bring us in a place from death to life, from slavery to freedom, uh, from cursing into blessing. Uh, We also looked at the story about the Israelites coming from a place of slavery into the promised land. And we know that everyone today is always looking for a better life. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are. People everywhere seem to be looking for a better life somewhere and are trying all sorts of things to try and do that and try and find that better life. That's why we have uh, gambling and uh, lotto and all that because people are looking for a better life. Um, so one of the things I, we, we talked about is actually to, to 
what caused the uh, Israelites to come into the promised land is not the signs and the wonders, but it was once they started to take responsibility for their life, once they started to mature up and become responsible for their lives, uh, that is when things started to open up for them. And you'll find that as God brings us into, open, into a bigger season, into a bigger dimension in our life, it actually takes a level of maturity to sustain it. And uh, maturity doesn't come with age, but it comes with responsibility. So we looked at it about being, first of all, responsible for our decisions, the decisions that we make. Um, God wants us to be responsible for our decisions. For a lot of people, uh, they want to just throw it all on God, and oh, God is all in control. And, and it's a wonderful spiritually sounding uh, phrase, but actually uh, one of the things as a parent that we look for, one of the things that can give us the greatest joy is when our, parent, when our children start to grow up and take responsibility for their lives. And so uh, for many of us, we try and put all our decisions on God uh, because we don't always want to take the, the responsibility of those decisions or the consequences that this, those decisions bring. So it's important that we, um, we mature up and learn to take responsibility for the decisions that we make in life. Last time we talk, also talked about being responsible for our emotions, what goes on inside of our heart. Um, it's very important that our, our emotions play a vital, uh, they're very influential in, in, in how we live our lives out and, 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 and they influence our life more than what we think. Uh, so it's important that we learn to understand and, and take maturity for our emotions. I won't go into it right now, but there was four levels of, of maturity that we could grow in. Um, this morning I wanted to just take you on to something a little bit different, which kind of encapsulates everything. And it, it, if you can grasp this concept, it will really, I believe, help transform your life. Um, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. We've got that up there? And the Lord said to Joshua, can we just take that back to one more? Uh, Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Actually, the Bible says, now, now Jericho was securely shut up. There was no one came in and no one went out because of the children of Israel. So we looked here that the city of Jericho, it was completely shut up. This was the entrance into the promised land. This is Joshua having a second look at the promised land. And what he sees, the Bible says, was now Jericho was securely shut up. We go to the next verse. And verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Everybody say see. 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 See, see, see. See, see. <laughs> See, I have given Jericho into your hand. One of the things I really want to uh, talk with you and bring to your awareness this morning is what you see and how you see it. I want to talk to you about this morning about perception because perception, uh, how you see the world, really does influence our life in a major way. So God said, the Lord said to Joshua, see, 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 see. Now, when you, if I was Joshua, when you look at that place, so, like we look at the previous verse, now Jericho was securely shut up. To me, that doesn't look like it's been handed to me on a plate. And I think for a lot of people when we, uh, in, in our walk in life, sometimes we expect that God will just uh, hand everything to us on a plate. Uh, sometimes that happens. This particular place, the Bible says that, that Jericho was securely shut up. And the Lord says, see, I have given it into your hand. So what he's talking about is not seeing with his physical eyes. With his physical eyes, he is seeing something what? He is seeing something that is just concrete and is cement. There ain't no one going in and there is no one going out. It was tight. 
But the Lord said, see, I have given into your hand. So what the Lord saw and what other people saw and the physical were exactly the same thing. But however, the way the Lord saw it was different. This morning I want to bring to your attention the concept of perception. Perception is how you see what you see. It's how you see what you see. You can see the Bible, how, how different the whole Bible is. You can look through the New Testament to see uh, the different perspective, the different uh, pr- perspective different people had on the Bible. They, people saw the same Jesus but saw him in a different way. You can see the same thing but see it in a different way. Perception is how you see what you see. And how you see what you see plays a key role in how... Uh, and what influences your life. It's how you see what you see. It is your interpretation and understanding of what you see. It is your interpretation and your understanding of what you see. So as a physical, in our physical body, large with our eyes and our ears and our physical senses, all of the time we are taking in lots of information. We are, we are, we are, we are gathering lots of input. We're gathering so much input that we... Um, well, most of what we, uh, what, most of what we will see, in terms of input, what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we smell, what we touch, we subconsciously process it. And the way our body works generally is that because we have so much, it, it kind of subconsciously arranges what we feel, what we sense, what we see, into kind of little areas. And this is going on all the time. So, and it helps us understand the world around us. It helps us understand. It helps us make sense of the world around us, because, you know, there's lots of stuff going on out there. So it helps us understand. So our perception is really the interpretation process or helps us understand what we see. You and I can see the same thing, but our understanding of what we see can be completely different. And I want to just bring, just make you aware of this because it's really important. And as we become aware of how we interpret the world, how we understand, how we make sense of the world, we're able to actually, um, it's part of being able to take also responsibility for our world as well. It's part of the maturing process when we learn to understand how we see what we see. It is, interpret, it is different to vision. So one of the things that the, the Israelites had was they had a vision that one day they'll have a promised land and they had all sorts of ideas of what they could look like. Perception is different to vision. Perception is different to vision. Perception is how you see what... So two people can see the same thing, but perceive it in a different way. You and I could see the same person, but yet perceive the same person in a different way. We could see that we could have the same experience, but perceive the same... We could perceive it in a different way. You look at the way that people often talk about New Zealand or Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay is bad. The way that they see... We, we, two people can live in the same area and see it from two different lights, have two different understandings. They can see it from two different angles. How you see it and how you interpret it will influence how you feel about it. Perception affects our emotions, which affects our conduct. How you see something, how you perceive something, how you understand, how you interpret what you see will affect how you feel about that. 
That's why we talked about emotions the other day, because it's important that you understand that how you feel, what you feel. And if you can't manage or we have no control over your emotions, you've got no restraint over there. It actually affects your life. So it's, very, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's important that you understand that how you see what you see will affect how you feel, and what you feel will influence your conduct. Let's take it a little bit further. So perception, so when God said to Joshua, see, see, see what? When people see, there's lots of different dynamics to sight. I mean, there's, the, um, there's foresight, there's hindsight, there's what we see in front of us, that's, there's what we see here, there's, there's sight out here. So perception can uh, be, uh, so there's a depth of perception, there is a, the, the breadth of what we see. So our sight has lots of different ideas. It has lots of different dynamics about it. And so how you see what you see is really, really important. Uh, the clarity of what you see. How you see what you see. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 13 and verse 25. Here we have a, we have a story about the... We're just going to take a different, uh, just a different look at the same story. So this is Joshua's second time coming up to the Canaan land. So... Moses said to, the, he said to the guys, he said, guys, look, let's get, 10, let's get 12 spies and let's go get them to go and see, have a look at the promised land and come and report back to us at what we see, at what you see. And so the spies went out, they all saw the same thing. 12 spies all saw the same thing. 10 spies came back and what did they say? They said, yes. The land in which you sent us is filled with milk and honey. It is a great land, but there are giants. There are giants. And uh, have, we, have we got the scripture up there? What they saw was the same thing. Let me just, let me just find this here. So Joshua saw the same thing as the spies. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days, and they came back and said, Yes, we went to the land and it flows with milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land were very strong. Their cities are fortified and very large. We saw giants there. They were big giants. And then verse 30, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. And so there was a bit of a dialogue going past there. Some people were saying, We don't want to go there because it's pretty wild. It's... It's scary. It's intimidating. Joshua and Caleb were saying, come on, let's go. We can do this thing. We saw the giants in verse 33, and we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. How you see the world will affect how you feel about the world. How you see the world, or how you perceive what you see, will influence how you feel. And then, you'll, as we can see, it affects how our conduct is and how we live our lives. Our lives are determined not just by what we see, but how we act. So our decisions that we make, our conduct, the way that we live our life, determines the type of life that we will live. It determines our destiny. Your destiny is determined by your actions or your inaction. It's the same thing. Whether you act or don't act, it's still the same. It still determines your destiny. We can sit here and act or not act. Either or, we're still acting. 
Either or, we're still making a decision. Either or, we're still determining what our life will be. And so one of the things that you hear is that Joshua was, uh, that Caleb was listening to the report that these guys were given. You've got, you kind of got to understand this because this is how, uh, this is how uh, uh, manipulation works. This is one of the ways that how manipulation works, is that these people were starting to project what they saw upon the rest of the people. This is what we saw. This is how we feel, and this is how we're going to act. Joshua, so Caleb quietened down. Why, why was he quietening down? Why, why did he want him to quieten down? Simply because of this. Because of their words that they were saying, the negative words that they were saying, they, the way that they perceived the world, that the way that they perceived the situation, they were then trying to project that onto other people. If you can grasp this dynamic, because it happens all the time, marketing people do it all the time. People who are offended do it. <laughs> the devil did it. This is 101 trick. This is the 101 temptation. See, the devil never accused Eve of it. The, never, the devil, when he came to Eve, he never accused God of anything. Not one thing. Well, not that I could see anyway, maybe, but one of the things that he did do was alter Eve's perception. We see in the Bible that God made man in our own image. Let us make man in our own likeness. What did the devil say? If you do this, then you will be like God. What was he trying to do? He was trying to alter Eve's perception. It's all he did. If he could alter your perception, he will alter how you feel about things, and then he'll be able to alter your conduct. It's the oldest trick in the book. Happening again with people's destiny. I remember what Pastor Mike said a while ago. He said the report, the words of 10 people influenced the destiny of 3 million. All they did was alter somebody's perception. The people, the 3 million people, they had in their heart a great promised land. Somebody's else perception just altered that. They hadn't even been there. They hadn't even been there. They hadn't, three million people hadn't even been, only 10 people, 12 people went in there. But yet the influence of the perception of 10 people over what happened to 3 million people changed the course of history. How we see what we see determines, influences how you feel, which will determine your conduct. So let's talk about offense. People will see circumstances from different angles, from how they see it. You can see the same thing, but see it from different angles. Doesn't necessarily mean either one of them is wrong. It's just different. How you see it. But what you'll find is when people have an experience which is negative, they will try and alter your perception. Very, very easy to do. Very easy to do. It's easy to alter somebody's perception over another person. All you have to do is just take a name 
and a negative situation or a negative slant, join it together, and people's perception will be altered about that person. Easy. (laughs) Easy. There's no rocket science in it. That's why it's important that we need to be aware of what we're feeling and why we're feeling it. That's why the Bible says to guard your heart because out of it flows every issue of life. If I want to influence somebody in a way, all I have to do is just put their name and put a negative slant to it, and I'll alter their perception of that particular person. As soon as their perception is altered, how they feel about that person is probably like to change as well. And then their conduct will be the same. Yet you would have nothing to do with the person. The same also in another way. So perception is created. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Perception is shaped, one, by experiences. If you've had an experience of something, your perception about that particular experience will be shaped. That's one of the ways our beliefs are formed, how you see the world. So people's experiences of situations or other people can shape their perception. If you have had a failure with something, the way that you would see a similar situation would be likely you'd feel negative over it. And because you feel negative or a negative emotion, it's likely to affect your conduct whenever you're around that situation or again. So experiences. Expectations are another one. Expectation is a way that you can alter a person's or alter perception. It's amazing how um, some of the, I mean, this has been proven so many times. What you think you see and what you actually see and and what you actually think it is, it's often shaped by how you see it, your expectation. That's one of the reasons why it's um, really important when we come to Christ that we come with a heart of expectancy. If you come with a heart of expectancy, you will feel something positive. Two people can experience the same scenario. One will come with a a spirit of expectancy. Someone else will come with a a pessimistic attitude. Guess who's going to go away blessed? How you see people. If I, um, you know, for every person that's here, uh, the way that I see you will affect how I feel about you. It will affect my conduct towards you. The same with one another. Your expectations. If I have an expectation, a positive expectation, if if my expectation of the person next to me is that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, they have got the presence of God upon their lives, God has got talents and giftings in them, they are just potential just waiting to explode. If I see people that way, it will affect how I feel about them. And that will help me bring people forward. But if I see them in a negative way, you'll feel suppressed. And for some people, they feel suppressed simply because of the way that they've been perceived. How do you see about our perception about race? Our perception about church? Our perception about how do we see it? And often, the to- often many of the times, uh, people are trying to alter our perception. It's important that, especially in New Zealand, there, let's put it out there, there's racial issues out there. What are we going to do about that? If you start, if we see each other, if we see the different races, and our, the way that we see 
particular race is that of a negative light, it will affect how you feel about them. It will affect their conduct. It will affect how they're treated. It will affect society. How you see your unsaved friend. How do you see them? The people that I see, have around me, I see them as people that are, they don't, they're created in the image of Christ. They're just not, they're just not aware of that yet. <laughs> they're in my cell group, but they just don't know it yet. There's apostles out there. They just don't know it yet. But if I see them in that way, it'll affect how I feel about them. It'll affect their response. How do you see the people that are around you? How do you see one another? (laughs) Beliefs. Other people's influ- other influence, people's words and attitudes can affect our perception of the world. If somebody says, well, this is dumb. Yeah, this is dumb. iPhones are dumb. Why? Because they're just dumb. Yeah. Don't touch an Apple product or don't touch that. You alter your perception around it. Oh, yeah, yeah, iPhones are dumb. Every time you see an iPhone, well, that's just dumb. I just don't like that. They've never even had an experience with it. It's just their perception has been altered. How about with people? How about with race? How about with Christ? How about with church? Every issue with life, the way that we see what we see will affect how we feel about it, which will affect our conduct towards. I just want to finish with this. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Don't be conformed to the world. The world will try and alter your perspective. Don't be conformed to the world's way of thinking. Don't be conformed to the way the world sees people. Don't be conformed to the way the world sees life. But be be transformed by what the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Transformation is not a, a single process. It's not a single event. It's an ongoing process. And as our mind, as our heart is being renewed by the word of God, as we become closer to Jesus Christ, as we see the world how Jesus sees the world. It will transform the way that we see the world. It will transform the way that you feel about the world. It will transform your world because inside something has shifted and you see the whole world in a different place. And because you see it, your experience of the world will be completely different. How you see the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is transformed, you can see the same thing as somebody whose mind is not transformed and see it in a completely different light. You see it in a different light, shape how you feel about the place, and yeah, it's going to be good. So we live in Hawke's Bay. Some people want to say Hawke's Bay is this, it's that. Let's shift our thinking to say Hawke's Bay is a place full of opportunity. New Zealand is a place full of opportunity. Plenty of opportunity here. Hawke's Bay is a place full of people with great potential. And if we just see it in that way, we'll feel it. Our feelings towards it will change. And you'll create an environment around you that is positive and uplifting and will be full of faith. Amen? Amen? Why don't you stand to the feet and give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Awesome. I would like you to consider this morning 
How do you see what you see? How do you see what you see? And maybe for some of you, your uh, perception has been altered by negativity. Maybe your perception, the way that you see uh, the church, one another, the way that you see yourself, the way you see people around you has been shifted or altered. I encourage you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get your, get your mind, get your heart back right with God. Make a decision that I'm going to grow in maturity. I'm going to be aware. I'm going to guard what comes into my heart. I'll make sure I don't let negativity get in here. If I hear people talking negatively, I'll shut it down because I do not want the destiny of three million people to be hindered by the bad attitude of two or three. I'm not going to let my destiny be shaped by the bad experience of so-and-so. I'm going to create an environment around me that's full of faith, full of expectancy, full of the presence of God. Amen? The environment around me, people are going to find hope. People are going to be uplifted. And where I am, there's going to be blessing. Amen?